Welcome to our Money Donuts podcast video. Can we just eat the donuts? Because I already took a bite. Royal Credit Union's Money Donut podcast is here to make you smile and to get you thinking about your finances in new ways. From saving to spending to can we just eat half of it? Just finish your life. I, I want the donut. Well, there's plenty of silliness. Episodes are also filled with nutritious financial tips. Listen to the Money Donuts podcast from Royal Credit Union today at rcu.org slash podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We're asking only the important questions to Minnesota Wild Director of Amateur Scouting, Judd Brackett. Like what are his NHL draft superstitions and is he a software? Was he a software? Either way, I'm still not over it, but he did say he will help keep track of that in this week's episode. As always, we're created by New Voice Studios, presented by SodaStick, brought to you by Jim Beam, Better Edge, Royal Credit Union, and Peak Vestibular Center. This is season three, episode 131. Marcus Foligno Fan Club Assemble! Not only is SodaStick.com the only place to get your official Marcus Foligno Fan Club tee, but it's also the only place to get all your favorite wild team garb, plus so much more beyond hockey. Use code BARDOWNBEAUTIES for 15% off your total purchase at SodaStick.com. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition, like chanting Let's Play Hockey prior to the start of each game, or playing the State of Hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Remember, drink smart. Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume, copyright 2021, James B. Beam Distilling Company, Incorporate Claremont, Kentucky. From New Voice Studios. Oh yeah, you betcha. Let's go to the boat. Discombobulate on the spot. Part of the Talk North Podcast Network. Fly out to Russia personally. <laughs> Jesse Pierce. This is off the rails. We're only a couple Already. minutes in. Alexis Pearson. We're not going to throw batteries on, on the ice at, you know, Kirill Kaprizov. This is, we're not that crazy. Whoa. Like... Bar Down Beauty's podcast. Was it about guys getting hammered down low night after night? Uh-oh. Like everyone loves to crap on analytics, but the analytics do not lie here. We are firing Fred at the top of the hour. More hit. It's like tea. <laughs> tea. Starts now. Hello, everybody. We're back. Bar Down Beauties, episode 131. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's producer Fred filling in for Alexis and joining us, Judd Brackett, Minnesota Wild Director of Amateur Scouting. Judd, what's going on? How are you? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Thanks for having me. We were just discussing kids are just finally getting out of school out, uh, out east. I mean, I guess it makes Minnesota just a smidge better than Massachusetts in another realm, right? <laughs> just just another realm yes the rivalry continues the rivalry continues i want to i want to talk about that because there is a rivalry fred actually brought up this good point so as a massachusetts east coast type of guy duncan or caribou caribou is the midwest minnesota pride duncan's kind of the pride out east what's your preference i got i honestly i'm a i like strong coffee caribou I'm a, I, I love the uh the espresso there it's got a little extra bite to it so I need something to keep me going. A lot of travel on the road. So I'm a caribou guy. (laughs) We got them guys. We got (laughs) them. Well, you had mentioned you need a lot of coffee, obviously a lot of things going on the draft coming up in Montreal, July 7th and 8th. Are you ready? That's the big question. Are we ready? We are ready. We're excited. We can't, it's one of those situations where, you know, this, this lapse here between seeing games and having meetings and, and waiting, it's uh it's a little bit like uh, Christmas for us, right? The anticipation and 
and getting to that final day and letting it unfold. So yeah, it's exciting. Um, it's, it, you know, a little bit of nerves and anxiety and, and hoping things unfold the way, you know, we envision and, you know, they don't usually, right? Like you gotta be, <laughs> you gotta be ready for all the scenarios. So that's the excitement of it. Head on a swivel. I mean, how much do you, when you're watching the cup finals, are you watching it mostly for enjoyment or are you also analyzing the teams and saying, Hey, this is what Colorado's done. And this is what they have. And looking back at some things that they've, they've done to make moves in Tampa the same way is a little bit of both for you. It's a little bit of both. It's obviously, you know, it's the best hockey, the best time of the year. So, you know, there is pure, pure enjoyment, just, you know, like when you were a kid and, <laughs> and watching the games, but at the same time for us on the business side of it and watching us and trying to build a champion, this is, this is where teams are the final two teams. So, you know, that's the apex. That's where we want to be. So, you know, you're certainly watching and seeing what worked for them and, and can we bring any of those pieces together for us? Right. Is there a main area of focus for you guys heading into this year's draft? I mean, obviously there's big talk about center and, you know, but looking at how cash draft things are, I mean, what does this year look like for you guys heading into the draft? Is it different from the past two years? I mean, you've done so well with Bill Guerin uh, together, getting some, some good names. I mean, is this year different for you at all? No, we have to stay to the same formula. You know, we're, we're looking for best player available at most times. And, you know, and if there is that cross section of, of maybe a future need or, or, you know, an area in the prospect pool that we think needs to be enhanced, you know, if we can, you know, double dip and, and, and <laughs> hit for need and, and still get best available or close to, you know, that's certainly discussions that take place, but you know, it's, it's tough to, to project out just from the draft and, and, and think that that's going to be the roster composition when a 17 year old is, is NHL ready. So we, right. we got to focus on the best players and, you know, and, you know, some guys right now are playing center and junior and, and, or high school, or, you know, even with the men's team, but they, they might not, you know, they might not end up there the, as a pro. So there's still some projection. There's still some runway and some unknown. In, in a dream world, how many uh, draft picks would BG stock you up with in, in trades or in moves this year? Again, as we know, the Wild don't have quite so much money, so there's going to have to be some moves. In, in your dream scenario, how many draft picks would you have heading into this year? We always have to be ready for what I mean, listen, we're a greedy bunch. We want all the picks we can get and we want to be in the top 10 if we can, but uh, you know, that's not always reality. And um, you know, you know, we go in with seven every year to begin. We're at seven right now. You know, we don't have a seventh. We have two seconds. Uh, you know, I think we're in a good spot to, to acquire some more, you know, some more talent. And uh, if we get any additional picks or if we move, you know, in the last couple of years, we've, we've, package together a couple to move up uh just thinking that the value was 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 better to go up than down so we, we're gonna be we're gonna be open to all scenarios are you gonna do better than the new york knicks did in the nba draft last night did you hear all that kerfuffle and all the chaos that ensued over there i did not unfortunately no what they basically got nobody in the draft because they packaged their draft pick with another player and they're basically just freeing up all this cap space and nobody's gonna want to come sign there because they don't have anybody to play with <laughs> That's a long day at the draft table with no picks. We've had, we, I've been there before and had to wait to the fourth round. And I can tell you that's not enjoyable. That's a long, you know, a long Friday night or this year, we're going to be a Thursday, but uh, that's a long first day. And even the second day when you finally get to the fourth round for your first pick. So I, I don't want many of those scenarios. Do you have any like draft night traditions? Do you have like a favorite suit that you have to wear or favorite socks or like a meal you have to eat? Is there any like traditions that stick out of your head? You're a goalie, no, right? So it's, I'm a goalie, we know so you we, got the superstitions. Yeah, you got superstitions <laughs> and, you know, you try to, you know, like a movie, I'm a big uh, lo love wedding crashers. That's a good one for me. So just trying to get, 
get relaxed and maybe zone out for a minute. But uh, <laughs> if I get a chance to flip that on, that would be my choice. Awesome. I love it. Well, let's talk about a little bit of the picks that you had been a part of. I mean, Damon Hunt, Carson Lambos, Jack Pert. What are what are you seeing from them and what does their future look like? I mean, obviously still ways to go. We still have development camp yet this offseason, training camp naturally. But how are you liking the way that they're progressing and, and coming along in their game? We're really happy. I mean, you know, to hit on the, the three players, you know, uh, you know, you know, D- Damon's in a position of being a captain, a leader for you know, for Moose Jaw and, uh, you know, has had a little bit of uh, injury bug, unfortunately with, you know, he plays a, he plays a competitive, you know, at times not reckless, but he plays on the (laughs) edge with his body. And uh, that's something he's going to have to, you know, continue to manage, but we certainly love the development. He's a leader. He's a, he's a strong skater. The, the two way element in his game has really, has really come down come out the last year and a half, uh, which is something that we thought would happen with him. Um, You know, Jack Peart, uh, in a different situation, right? He's a young guy on, as a freshman in the NCA, and you know, on a strong team. You know, I think they started the year as a number one seed, uh, or you know, the number one ranking to start the year. So that's a, you know, you're you're entering into a, an older room, an experienced locker room. So he's he's in a different situation where he's maybe around leaders and learning to lead, um, but could do more by you know on the ice and lead by example. And he certainly did. You certainly saw his, his mobility, his ability to read the play and play two ways. Um, you know, for, for someone who's, you know, just under six feet, he certainly doesn't play undersized by any dimension. And, uh, you know, Lambos too, obviously, uh, really successful team season, uh, long run with Winnipeg and, you know, overall that's a young team to make as long of a run as they did in the Western hockey league. So, you know, a little taste of, of winning and, and probably a little bit of a, a chip on a shoulder for next year and sour <laughs> tastes for to make it maybe in a, a longer run. So that's exciting. And, and, you know, and all of these guys are, you know, in the mix for uh, an August World Juniors, which is, you know, a new territory, but it's certainly exciting as well. Right. Does that make it weird? I mean, again, obviously, you know so much about the players, but not having that World Juniors to really look at and assess and having it now in August, even after the draft. I mean, how different is that going to be to to take a look and, and see what's there? It, it's going to be it's going to be strange. I mean, uh, you know, for six months, it doesn't seem like a lot. But when you're, you know, 18, 19 years old, that's a lot of time for development. So, you know, th- some of these bodies have changed. Some of their experiences and roles have changed in the second half of the year. So, I, you know, it, it's it will have a little different wrinkle this year. These guys are a, a touch older. And I think you'll notice some of that um, from our end when the scouting end, um, not having a world junior in December you know, not, not really, I don't think really going to impact the draft. Um, it's really, a, it's really, a, you know, an under 20 tournament. Um, so there are few and far between of the draft eligibles and, you know, they are the cream of the crop. They're usually the ones that are able to integrate into an 18, 19 year old tournament as a 17 year old, which is impressive on its own. Right. I want to go back to Damon Hunt a little bit, because even just the way that you described him, my head keeps saying Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba, Matt Dumba. I mean, do you see a lot of similarities and is there a player maybe named Denton that could complement a Damon Hunt, like a Brodine and Dumba pairing? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, in terms of Hunt and uh, and and Dumba, yeah, they're, they're you know Western League guys that uh, certainly play with you know with a competitive, aggressive uh, nature. Both strong skaters handle the puck and you know get involved all over the ice. So there's yeah, that's not a far uh, a far reach. I don't. Uh, I think Damon might w- want to shoot the puck the way Matt does, but uh, that still <laughs> might come. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of, you know, in, in Moose Jaw, you know, that's a, that's the one, two pair for them and go to and, 
those guys log a lot of minutes and play in all situations and obviously have great chemistry already. Right. You know, what does this year's draft class look like? I mean, is it, they've heard it's not quite maybe as strong as it's been in recent years, but at number 24, I mean, there's still going to be some pretty good players available. Are you assuming? Yes, we're, we're, we like where we are. Um, you know, obviously things have to unfold a bit and, and see how they, you know, you know, what other teams like. And, um, but there's going to be a good player for us at 24. We're excited about it. And, um, you know, we were in a similar spot last year and I think we were, we were, you know, very pleased to see who was available, obviously with a chance to move up to, but even, you know, with Carson Lambos being there. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've put our work in, we've, we've done some scenarios and, and, you know, doomsday scenarios and best case scenarios. So we, uh, and, and, you know, I think we're going to be pleased no matter what. And again, it's going to be just best player available, not necessarily a centerman or a defenseman at there. You're just kind of going to look at what, what's available for you. Yes. And, you know, and part of putting the list together too, for us is we, we do value position, right? So yeah. if, you know, in the, in the discussion, if, you know, if we're talking about a center wing or a defenseman or, you know, you know, that comes into play in, in terms of how we, you know, how we build the list. So, you know, that priority does come out in the list without it being specifically about position. Right. You know, two names that I left off because everybody wants to hear about them. Marco Rossi, Jesper Wellstead. What are your thoughts there? I mean, Marco Rossi obviously got a, a, a little opportunity, but you know, saw how the game works down in the AHL. And I think that's something that I really admire about you guys and about Bill Guerin and your guys' team is the patience that you have with each player. I mean, Matt Boldy, another prime example, um, you know, do you continue that patience with Marco and continue to have those conversations? Or do you think maybe this year he gets a real shot come training camp? Well, I think first, you know, obviously the, the biggest with Marco was, was being healthy. Mm-hmm. And playing a full season, right? He was in that unique position where he missed a year of hockey. Um, you know, we wanted to see him be healthy, start to finish, you know, be comfortable playing back-to-back nights and the rigors of it, you know, no matter what the level was, whether it was all the way up with the big team or if it was in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was important for him, even for his confidence, to know that his body can respond, that he's healthy, that he's ready to play. And I certainly think he proved that. Um, but I think patience is important. I think, uh, it, you know, it's not about how fast you get there. It's about being as prepared as you are to have a long career and impact the team positively. So that's the, that's the mantra. And it's, you know, it's not just, it's not just words as you see it's, it's actions, you know, it's, it's okay to be patient, um, and then come in and, and be able to, you know, earn a spot of the team and, 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 and help the team win. So that's, that's the goal. So, you know, we don't have immediate timelines of someone has to be here by a certain time we have expectations we have goals and and you know and some guys can accelerate that route and and others might need a little more time but we're okay with that right the and goal, i think the, the, yeah. sorry yeah the goal is to get them yeah. on the roster and, <laughs> and and helping us win so if they all arrive together you know that's great if it's you know one or two a year or you know if there's a year that you know someone's just not ready or maybe there's just not an opportunity that's the other is you know th- yeah. there's got to be a role and, and a chance for someone to to come in and and be successful too. Right. I think that's what makes hockey so unique is that you don't have an 18 year old very often that's ready just to jump into the NHL. Right. I mean, it's not the NBA or the NFL where those players are going to come in and make an impact. I mean, it's very unique. And I think that patience is, is so important and sometimes gets lost, but I just absolutely love what you and, and brass have done because I think that is important to let these guys develop and be their very best. So they can truly be impactful come, uh, come NHL ready time. 
Right, and you and you mentioned, you know, Jasper. Like, there, there's yeah. no position that's that's more critical at this age is is seeing shots and playing games, mm-hmm. right? So finding the right fit, what's the right level to get the repetitions, to get to you know to adjust to a you know the North American rank, North American shooters, uh, the next level of play, the speed of the game. So you know, as a goaltender, that's why it's a it's a late developing position, right? You you really yeah. can't skip steps as a goaltender. Um, you know, and Jesper's already played at a very high level in Sweden mm-hmm. um, and internationally uh, has for a number of years. I, I, I laugh like this is the first year going back to uh, Alberta for the Ivan Holenka. Yeah. And I think back that he played in the goal. He played in that, you know, as a double underage, you know, the, oh, in the only yeah. tournament that's like, I mean, I, I feel like that was ages ago and, you know, and he played <laughs> even then. So that speaks to the level of, you know, international play and competition that he's been at. So I think his transition to North America will be seamless. But again, he, you know, you need to get in. You need to, you know, get the repetitions. You know, learn learn some of the the nuances of the travel and and maybe living on your own and even cultural changes of you know your diet and food and what you're going to eat. It might not be you know what you're used to at home. So right. there are a lot of you know a lot of different uh, you know nuances that you got to learn and and you can't do it without actually being here and and, and experiencing it. Is he coming over here soon? Is he going to be here this summer? What's the plan? I guess, as far as that, do you guys have, I know you said there's no immediate plan for anybody, but do you have an idea of like, is he going to be over here this summer? Well, he'll be over uh, for world juniors. So he'll be, he'll be in Alberta. And then, um, and then I would expect that he would be in, in, in camp in, in the fall. I'm not sure if he'll return home between world juniors or not. I know that would be a long stretch. So likely I would think he'd probably, you know, go back, go home uh, for a stretch and then, and then come over here in the fall. Nice. People are going to love that. Clip that, keep that sound by that's going to be huge, Judd. We love <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> um, you know, you kind of touched on it. Cause I do have this question that might seem kind of silly, but for European skaters coming over to North America, there's so much talk and hype about how on ice it can be very different. And Kirill Kaprizov was able to really kind of figure that out very quickly. Is the same for goalies on ice? I mean, is there really much different from the European leagues to the North American leagues in the NHL? Yeah, I think the biggest is uh, is is certainly the the rink width, right? Sure. I mean, you know, boards to to net front, guys get there a lot quicker. So, you know, as a goaltender, you're you're setting up earlier. Your your angles are a little bit different in terms of your reads around the rink, in terms of, you know, squaring up to shooters. So yes, there there's an adjustment. Um, you know, overall speed and technique, and you know, your your goal mouth plays are going to look similar. But I think the biggest is is the adjustment, maybe the room behind the net, and certainly from the wall to the front of the net right. that you, you'll find that players are are getting pucks off the wall and into scoring positions a lot quicker um, than they are. You have a little more time to see them see the play develop. So that that'll be the biggest change. But uh, as I mentioned, he's he's been over here before and played mm-hmm. in small ranks, so I, it's not totally foreign. And um, you know, he certainly has the pedigree and work ethic to 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 adjust pretty quickly. Are you more critical of goalies having been a former goalie yourself, or do you kind of try to be fair to every player on the ice? I try, I try to be fair. I mean, <laughs> goaltending is, is, it's tough. I mean, I, in terms of the draft, you know, there it's, there aren't many 17 year old goal goaltenders that are the number one. If you look across the CHL and, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, you know, it's a tough position. As I said, it's, it's like developing coaches want experience and, you know, they're looking for wins. So sometimes it's hard to trust a 17 year old. So I try not to be overly critical. I find that at the age of the draft, they're very much in their infancy. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, maybe to liken it to another sport, it'd be like looking at a pitcher. So you're, you know, what is their velocity? What is their, you know, what's the rotation on the curveball, right? So when you're looking at a goalie, do they have length? Do they, do they play with speed, you know, or do they compete when they're, when it's not just a, a fundamental save that they've been schooled too much. So mm-hmm. there's, there, there's a lot of nuances to goaltending and it's exciting to see. I think it's, it's, it's one of those spots where, you know, a sixth or seventh round pick can sometimes be the best goalie in a draft. You know, can you take that and help the Minnesota twins with their relief pitching at all? Can you take some of that <laughs> breakdown that you just had and maybe help their bullpen? Who knows? Right. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could. <laughs> it would help. I think the whole state of hockey wishes you could again, Judd Brackett, director of amateur scouting. Thank you so much for joining us before I let you go. I have the most important question that I am now asking every single one of my guests. Did you wear socks as a hockey player with your skates or did you go sockless? I wore socks. I always, uh, as a goaltender and in the crease, I always worried about, uh, like a, like a cut with a, with a skate. So yeah. I was, I wore socks. You know, Kemp's is a non sock wear. Apparently this is what started really? my whole, yeah, he wears no socks. All right. My mind. I know it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I don't like it. I'm still. It's comfortable in the boot. I will tell you that. No That's socks what I in, hear. in the boot. Yeah. Okay. Is that a metric you keep track of for, for draft night? <laughs> <laughs> that'll be the new tradition <laughs> it should right like all right and you need to let me know i need to be updated i already know greener doesn't wear socks which doesn't surprise me but i feel like i need to know all the players in the room so we can assess the situation it's all right well that'll be i'll make sure when we're <laughs> when we're done with seven picks i'll have that answer perfect i appreciate it again judd brackett join us thanks so much uh enjoy the kids newfound freedom of summer and all the things that off season comes with for you thanks very much have a yep. great weekend Thank you. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Okay. I want you to think of the first time you took a big hit on the ice. Maybe it was a men's adult league. Maybe you were slammed into the boards in a big game, or maybe it pulled a Jesse and just tripped over the blue line. Either way, it's happened. Boys hockey, girls hockey, it doesn't matter. We've all been there with our first big hits. And unfortunately, those hits can add up over time. Hockey players can end up with dizziness, headaches, and pain, and a large portion have even experienced concussion-like symptoms as a result. Thankfully, there's an answer. Dr. Tyler Stewart with Peak Vestibular Center specializes in the drug-free treatment of nagging concussion symptoms. Dr. Stewart formulated the 3A Brain Restoration Program, a comprehensive program to get to the root cause of your symptoms. He utilizes the latest technology and techniques to get you back on the path to your best life and back on the ice. If you're dealing with dizziness, headaches, or pain after taking one too many hits, contact Dr. Stewart for a complimentary consultation today. Go to dizzinesscare.com or call 715-690-2211 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We're back. Thanks again to Judd for joining us, having a little fun. Super excited for the draft coming up here July 7th and 8th. The only thing I don't like, Fred, is that it cuts into like that 4th of July, July week, you know, like I like to have a full week. I need a full week, not only for like my own well-being, but just like recovery time sometimes, you know, 4th of July. What are your thoughts on having the draft so quickly after that, uh, that holiday week and during that week? You're assuming I pay attention to the draft. That's a very good point. <laughs> I mean, you Fred... trash me constantly <laughs> at least once a week. You trash me about being not being a hockey fan. I mean, so, yeah. and to think that I actually pay that close attention to the draft. Fair. I'm also Fair. like probably in the 95% of normal hockey people. 
just just the producer and co-creator of a very successful hockey podcast i'm dubbing it self-proclaimed successful hockey podcast no, no, no. i'm the technical guy it's true, this I'm the true technical guy. putting you in the forefront this week though in replace of alexis since you're such a big hockey fan i'm sure you're going to have the greatest answer to this week's up for debate which is which position did your first ever favorite minnesota wild player play I know Alexis's answer, so I'm also, should I start with hers? Yeah, go for it. I'm I'm going to guess Alexis can refute this if she wants, but I don't think she will. She's going to go goalie. She's going to go Nicholas Backstrom. If I had longer hair and looked better, then I would be full <laughs> on Alexis, but I'm not right now. But I bet you that's what she's going to go with. Goalie, Nicholas Backstrom. Alexis, tell me I'm wrong, but I'm not. I'm usually right. I'm right on that one as well. Fred, who's your favorite Minnesota? Minnesota Wild player, however. What position did they play and who was it? Well, you have to remember that I am a very new Minnesota Wild player fan or Minnesota Wild fan. So it's not necessarily like back in the ancient days of the startup of the team or anything you know, like I that. I hadn't considered that. That is interesting. Yeah. This is going to so be a good perspective. Mine is within you know the last five, six years. And it's goalie because my favorite guy was Devin Dubnik. Oh, you said it. No, really? Yeah, I, but I liked Devin Dubnik as a person. Okay. I just really, Fair. really enjoyed him and the way he interacted with people. And he was a very intelligent guy. You know, he was one of those guys that- You're you saying know, past you, tense. Well, he's not, we don't hear from him anymore. <laughs> I'm working on getting on him the on the team. pod. So let's talk about it once. He was like, he's a, coming what, back. was he like, going to get him back. Was like episode two or three, two. Dude. Yeah. He was our second guest. Yeah. Um, but I, I, and there was a very specific moment where I'm like, I like you, I like you a lot. And yeah. it was, I traveled a little bit with the team and we would be on charter flights, you know, going across the country. And we were stuck with a day off in Winnipeg, Canada. And there's nothing in Winnipeg, Canada, except this one, bar slash casino and it's like you it, it was like in the second floor of a high rise and all of the team goes there to to drink eat and gamble and yeah. it was me and a couple of the other you know support team that flies around with the team across the country and he just comes up sits down and starts talking with us the only player on the whole team that sat down and started chatting with us and he, it's a great conversation it was like he wanted to talk to you he wanted to get to know you and i think it was also he wanted to show that he was a different guy on the team too yeah. which was kind of nice so devin dubnik he was my first favorite i like it even just the little side conversations he chirped me the best chirp that he ever gave me was he apparently read an article that i had immediately filed my editors had um changed it a little bit and they also changed it to be inaccurate and they said Mike Yo was the head coach of the wild, which he hadn't been a head coach for like three years. And I was mortified because I'm like, I didn't write that. I swear to God, because he like right away, he's like, hey, Jesse, who's the coach of the wild? I was like, I think Bruce was the coach at the time. And he like immediately got on me and I was like, wait, what? And then I, then I also realized that he reads everything that people write about him too. So it's like, okay, gotta be nice to dubs in the writing, which I usually <laughs> was anyway. But I, yeah. So I immediately like frantically emailed my editor like hey you put the wrong coach in there and they're like oh sorry i'm like oh sorry me like there's been like three coaches in between it was just whatever so dupes good peeps my first ever favorite minnesota wild player was brent burns not original i was actually always very fond of defensemen um i just i played defense even in like soccer i 
uh, played defense basketball, where you have to play a little bit of both. I was just a better defender. I don't love to look to score, which is why it's probably weird that I loved Brent Burns as much as I do. Cause I love a scoring defenseman, but, uh, he was at, I like Nick Schultz too. He was probably a second. Um, you know, I just, that was kind of my, my thing. I was a big fan. Um, yeah. So Brent Burns defenseman first ever. I like it. Uh, again, we missed Alexis this week. She will be back next record. We've got some things to work out because it's uh 4th of July week. So we're going to probably mix and move pieces around before we get to that. But, uh, Alexis will be back joining us again. Shout out to all of you for listening and tuning into another fantastic episode. Shout out to Aaron Sickman for connecting us with Judd Brackett in the off season. Uh, plenty more hockey content coming up. Shout out to Sicky for hooking that up as well. Presented by SodaStick.com. Don't forget, you get 15% off all your purchases with code BARDOWNBEAUTIES. Uh, they do have a sick new McGolden Light t-shirt released, which they so generously gifted to me. Check out my social media pages to see what those beauties look like uh also brought to you by jim beam better edge b-e-t-t-r-edge.com free ten dollars when you sign up with code buttes b-e-a-u-t-s uh don't forget they've got that stanley cup final giveaway going on royal credit union less fee more free and peak vestibular center we had a great conversation with tyler stewart earlier so be sure to keep a lookout for that interview to drop very soon again season three episode 131 you guys are all buttes we love you have a great week bye Near, 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 near.